Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Easter is either the biggest conspiracy of all time, or it's the most prolific event of all time. It's, it's fascinating what happens on an Easter Sunday when uh, the crowds are a little bigger and the, the, the group is a little uh, swelled up because of family and because of interest in, 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 in the weekend and uh, certainly the, the respect of what Easter stands for. But one of the things that happens is we tend to kind of <clears throat> make it a special event, but do we really, really believe that Jesus rose from the dead? Believing in something that you later found is not true. Sometimes, any, anybody familiar with conspiracies? <laughs> Our culture is full of them right now. It's crazy, and I'm not going to get into politics, I promise. But believing in something that you later find out is not true is something I've experienced personally. That, uh, you know, in history, they said the world was flat, but we know that's not true. Um, I thought that I was right most of the time. And then I got married. I bought a white Buick car one time without telling my wife. I was convinced it was a great car. My wife said it wasn't. And it wasn't. <laughs> it died. It died and it was a bad buy. I thought I was cool. I thought I had some pretty hip moments in my life and I thought I looked okay and then I had two daughters. Found out that wasn't true either. I used to think that Mexican food would be one of the many foods in heaven. Now I'm convinced it's going to be the only food in heaven. <laughs> Have you rejected things that you thought were not true and they ended up being true? I rejected the thought that my wife was almost always right. That's not a conspiracy theory, it's true. <laughs> we never thought we would t talk to our phones. We thought it was just a movie thing. Remember Get Smart talking to his, his shoe? Agent, what was his name? Agent 89, I think it was. That's kind of old. That's dating me. But now, one of our closest friends is Siri, Alexa, and hey, Google. We never thought our cars would tell us what's wrong with them. But now they scream at us when something's going wrong. We never thought we would pay more than $3 for a gallon of gas. But here we are. Sorry to depress you. Like I said, today is either the greatest farce, this whole Easter thing, this whole resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, or it's the most amazing solution to despair, pain, sin, and purpose. And I believe it's the latter. If we want to crush life, we've been in a series here at Journey called Crushing It. And crushing it is a good thing. We want to crush life. We want to crush our jobs. We want to crush everything that we do. We want to do well. That's what crushing it is. You played a great game. You crushed it today. 
That's the kind of language that we've been using in this series. And we've also talked about destruction. We want to destroy the things that uh, are bad for us. And so we want to crush life and we want to destroy death, hell, and the grave in our lives. And then the only solution to that opportunity, that only solution to the idea of crushing or destroying death, hell, and the grave is an empty tomb. That's the only thing that can solve that problem. That's the only thing that can destroy those things and help us crush or enjoy or live life to its fullest. And today, I simply want to challenge us to, to think about what Paul gave the Corinthian church in an argument. The Corinthian church, people in the Corinthian church were saying, there is no resurrection. And so Paul starts off in 1 Corinthians and he says this, and I'm going to highlight things because it's already been read to you. But it's really powerful to understand that when Paul starts his defense, he says, first of all, the most important thing in any kind of proof is to have an eyewitness. You, you can talk to any lawyer, you can talk to any judge. If there's an eyewitness to a crime, that's the best thing that's going to help you win that court battle. If there's an eyewitness, you can bet that there is going to be victory on that, in that legal suit. And Paul says to the Corinthians, he says, I passed on to you what, most important, what was most important and what also had been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. He could have done a mic drop right there and that would have been enough. But he went on and he said, he, he was seen by Peter and then by the 12, the disciples. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James, who was the brother of Jesus. And up to this point, James hadn't believed. He wasn't convinced until the resurrection. He's the guy that lived and heard more than often, can't you just be like your brother? (laughs) And later by all the apostles, last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him, Paul, was saying he saw him. The proving period, this, this idea that Jesus was alive was uh, not a farce. You can fool a few people. If it was just the disciples, the 12, that would have said, hey, we saw Jesus, they would have been his most loyal followers that made something up. But when it comes to 500, when it comes to multiple people, when it comes to people that don't believe and then they do believe because they saw, that changes everything. And if you know anything about these, this group of people, many of them died at the hands of Nero, who was then the persecutor of the church and would light Christians up, hang them on, on poles to light up the streets and light them on fire. These are the people that believed, that were eyewitnesses, that saw Jesus after he rose from the dead. There's been historian after historian, Josephus and Tacitus, ancient historians that, that talk about the resurrection, not believers, but just historians, to talk about the, the whole historical experience of what Jesus uh, did when he came back to life and visited his disciples. They were convinced after seeing the disciples die a martyr's death. There's only one disciple that didn't, two disciples actually. Judas killed himself after, after betraying Jesus, and then John 
died on the island of Patmos of old age, but the others died a martyr's death. Some sawed in half, some boiled in oil, some hung on a cross. All of them convinced and were sure and confident that Jesus rose from the grave. I'll tell you what, death doesn't mean so much when you know that death is only the beginning of life. Death doesn't get all scary and, and uncomfortable. I don't like the idea of death only because I don't like getting there. It's kind of like falling. I don't mind the fall. It's the landing I despise. It's the pain that comes with the fall. That's what I don't like. And it's pretty amazing that all these disciples saw, witnessed, and, and, and could confirm the resurrection of Christ from the dead. Then Paul talks about the conspiracy. He says, but tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection from the dead? Why are you saying that? And then he highlights some points, and I'll highlight these just briefly. He says that if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, then these things aren't worth doing anymore. Preaching is useless. What I'm doing right now, if Jesus isn't alive, if he didn't come out of that grave, if he isn't living eternally, then today you and I are wasting a whole lot of effort and time. Preaching is useless. Our faith is useless or futile. The Bible says our faith doesn't mean anything. It's it's empty. We're putting our faith in something that doesn't exist. And that's an awful sense of feeling. Our faith is useless. He said the apostles would be liars. He said we are still guilty of our sins. If Jesus didn't come out of the grave, then what purpose was the cross? What purpose was the cross? If he didn't come out of the grave, then the cross was a lie as well. He came out of that grave. But we would still be guilty of our sins. If Christ, if Christ didn't rise from the dead, then all believers who have died are lost. Man, that would sadden my heart instantaneously because my mom, my dad, people that have gone before us, there would be no seeing them again. We are to be pitied more than anyone in the world, Paul says to the Corinthian church. He says, I, we, we, we would be fools We'd be labeled as fools. In fact, some people think we are because they don't believe that there's a resurrection. They don't believe that it happened. And if all these things didn't happen, if, if Christ did not raise from the dead, our preaching would be useless. Our faith would be, our faith would be futile. The apostles would be liars. We're still guilty of our sins. All believers who died are lost, and we should be pitied because we're foolish in believing such a thing. It's crazy. We have every reason to fear death. Because death is it. Paul goes on later on in the passage, and he says in 1 Corinthians 15, 32, he says, I fought wild beasts in Ephesus with no more than human hopes. What have I gained? If the dead are not raised, let us drink and <laughs> let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. He said, let's just go party. That's how some people live and believe because they believe that this is it. This is all there is. He says, let's just go party. Let's just go have a good time because that is all there is. 
What we have to understand is that hope depends on a future. Hope depends on what's next. Hope depends that tomorrow will be better than today. And if we don't have that hope, if we don't have that confidence, if we don't have that thing that helps us get beyond today into tomorrow, then we might as well just party today. We might as well just eat and drink and be merry or be whoever you are. Hope depends on a resurrection. Hope depends on the fact that there is eternal life waiting for us. Hope depends that Jesus rose from the grave, defeated death, hell, and the grave. Sin has not been paid for if Jesus did not rise from the dead. Therefore, our sin still rests in our hearts. Our sin still covers our, our, our lives. And God still looks at us in judgment and not with love and grace. Or at least with, without grace. But I love verse 20. My favorite verse is the whole passage. But, I've always told you guys I want to do this series called the Big Butt Series. This is one of those big butts right here. I'm not going to sing the song. It's one of those big ones. But, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. But in fact, and I love the word fact because this is a reality. This is a truth. I unashamedly stand on this stage believing with all my heart and everything I've given in my own life to believe that there is a resurrection and Jesus is alive today. It's a fact. It's real. It's real. If you're here today and you were brought by your family member, you're here honoring your family member. I love that. If you were here and brought by a, a neighbor or a coworker, whatever, whatever reason you're here, I'm so glad because today you get to hear the truth. And the truth is simply this, that, the, that Jesus is alive. He loves you. He cares about you. He died on a cross. He died a brutal death on that cross so that our sins could be forgiven. But he wasn't going to leave it there. He's going to rise from the dead and he's going to give us eternal life so that we can live forever with him and with each other. <clears throat> yes, Christianity would be the biggest farce ever if it's not true, but it is true. And because of that, it is the most incredible event in history. I don't care what has happened throughout all of history. From the creation of this world to today, there is not a more significant, more influential, more powerful, more uh, hopeful, more joyful, more uh, uh, grace-filled experience that has happened in history than the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You could put it right alongside the cross because he had to die, but he came back to life. And with that, <clears throat> we don't just stand in the presence of a story. This is not just a fable. This is not just a, an article in the newspaper. This is not just some kind of a, a post on, on a Facebook uh, page or a, 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 a TikTok. This isn't just a three-minute, oh, look at Jesus, happy, happy. This is a real event that happened in history, and it has changed everything. 
It can change all of your life. It can give hope to your life. It can bring hope to your experience. It can do everything. I remember it being in despair. I remember understanding that there was a, a, a God. I didn't have a problem with there being a God, but I had a problem with there being a loving God. I couldn't figure it out because my dad was a contradiction to who God was. And, and, and the, the church that I was in was preaching this holiness that was more about all the rules than the grace and the love and the, and the, and the, and the, the, the connection that I could have with God in this personal relationship. And I remember the despair because I, I felt like, man, maybe Jesus died, but maybe nothing, there's no life to this thing. And then finally somebody told me there was grace involved. And that God's love went beyond my sin and, went and, and would cover my sin and would take away my sin. And I don't know why I couldn't hear all that before, but I finally heard it. And I remember that moment when Jesus became so real to me. My sins were forgiven. My life was clean and my, the burdens of life were lifted off. And I no longer had to experience that, that pain and that guilt and that shame. Why? Because Jesus was risen from the dead. And my sins were forgiven, and I could put my hope in Jesus. The truth is that he is alive. The result is this. So in verse 21, so you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because he, we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given a new life. We all get a new life. Look at, look at your neighbor and say, that's not your only body. Now say, you get a new one. Yeah. I don't care what diet you go on. I don't care what food you eat. You're going to die. This little shell that you have going on right here, it's not going to last. Listen to this passage. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. Can you, can you get excited about that? We're all going to be raised from the dead. The scripture tells us the first Adam became a living person, but the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. What comes first is the natural body, then the spiritual body comes later. Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, came from heaven. Earthly people are like the earthly man, and heavenly people are like the heavenly man. Just as we are now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. Yeah. Look at your person next to you and say, I can't wait to see you in your new body. These are just mud huts. These are just mud huts. What I'm saying to you, dear brothers, verse 50 and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These aren't going with us. So unhook the U-Haul. And I'm not saying don't care about your body. I'm not saying don't, don't care about, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying eat Mexican food. You'll be fine. What I'm saying is that we have the privilege of knowing that we are going to spend eternity with God. Why? Because he raised from the dead. Amen. 
and we are going to get new bodies. We are going to get uh, a, a fresh start, if you will. And I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how it's going to work. I honestly don't know. The Bible says we're going to have a new heaven and a new earth and a new body. I believe we're going to go back to original design before sin. So Adam and Eve in the garden, hanging out with everything that God created, amazing. I don't know what clothes are going to be, if there are going to be. You know, I won't get into that. (laughs) Verse 51 says this, but let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. We will be given this new body. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Woo! That's cool. That's going to be wild to watch, wild to see, wild to experience. I, again, I, I can't predict how all that's going to happen. It's a miracle. But verse 54 is where Paul wraps this up and puts it in succinct understanding. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? There is no more sting. To death. You may have walked in here and, and you have aches and pains. You may have walked in here with disease. You may have walked in here with, with some, some challenging events in your life. You may have walked in here with some things going on. But I want you to do one thing, and that is to stop worrying about death. COVID made us very aware of it. COVID made us fear it. We saw people in ventilators and all kinds of different things. And I don't want to take anything away from anyone who lost a loved one to that awful uh, virus. It's no fun. It's no fun to get sick and die. But we're all going to get to that point someday unless God comes back and Jesus comes back and takes us ahead of time. Then we get to skip the ugly part of death and we get to go right up to heaven and get that new body right away. That'll be cool. Some people say, let's, let's practice the rapture. You can jump up in the air. And the unfortunate thing is you're going to come back down. <laughs> we don't have to fear death. Because no matter what happens, no matter how we die, no matter when we die, there will be a day where we all come back to life. And we all experience the joy of knowing Jesus forever and being in these new bodies that God gives us. Verse 56, the very end of this passage says, For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are winners, not losers. We are winners, not losers. So in fact, in fact, since Jesus did raise from the dead, our preaching is powerful, our faith saves us, the apostles were truth tellers, not liars, we are no longer guilty of our sins, all believers who have died will be raised from the dead, we are to be envied more than anyone in the world, why? Because we have Jesus in our lives, we have hope for eternal life, and we will live forever.
Heaven is our home. Death, hell, and the grave have been destroyed, and we can crush life. Why? Because we have Jesus in our hearts and the hope of eternal life. The resurrection is real. The resurrection is true. The resurrection is not a mistake. It's not a conspiracy. It's not something that somebody made up a long time ago and it's, it's some kind of fable or mystery. It, 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 the resurrection's a mystery in the sense of, I don't know how it works. But the creator of the universe has all the ability to go uh, put himself in a grave and then come right back out of it. And if he can do that for himself, he can do that for you and me. And if you're here today and you, you have yet to experience God's love, grace, and forgiveness in your life, if you have yet to experience that hope that you know that when you die, no matter how you die, no matter when, you, when that happens, you're going to enter into heaven. If you don't have that hope, you can have it today by simply saying, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of the mistakes I've made in my life. Forgive me of all the things I've done wrong. And please, come into my life and be Lord of my life or leader of my life. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead, and I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. The Bible tells us if we make two confessions, forgive me of my sin, and I believe he was raised from the dead, we will be saved. Saved from the ugliness of fear of death, saved from death, hell, and the grave. Why? Because God's destroyed death, hell, and the grave. There's nothing to fear about it. Our sins are forgiven. Our hope is in eternal life with Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you're ready to make that confession, I want you to pray with me right now. You don't have to pray it out loud. Just pray it in your heart because it's between you and God. But just pray this simple prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I've made mistakes. I've done things wrong. I've done things that have separated my relationship between you and me. But Lord, I pray that you forgive me of my sin based on the work you did on the cross. And I accept that forgiveness right now. And Lord, I believe that you were raised from the dead, that today, Easter, is a day to celebrate you, is a day to honor you, is a day to glorify you, and a day to recognize the reality that the resurrection is not a conspiracy, but it's true. And I accept that truth in my life right now. And I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I confess that you were raised from the dead. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for giving us yeah. the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.